the Recovery Revolution will be podcast on the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Network. This is the Unruffled Podcast, Episode 111. This is a podcast about recovery through creativity. We live an intentional life. We thrive. I am Sandra Primo. And I'm Tammy Salas. And we are The Unruffled. Hey, Sandra. Good morning. Oh, how are you, my friend? I'm great. Yeah? Good. Yeah, it's, uh, I feel a little weird because it's only mid-May, exactly as we're recording <laughs> this. It's right in the smack middle of May, mm-hmm. but um, this this May is so different than May's of yore. Hmm, how <laughs> because, so? Well, my kids are getting out of school really early, and so- Why? They changed the calendar or something, and and like it's it's taken a while to sink in, but yeah, they changed our school calendar for the first time ever. So my kids, you know, my teenager will be sixteen this summer. He's in tenth grade, so we've been doing this for a little while, the school thing. <laughs> but for the first time ever, they're getting out in May, and it's very strange. It's messed me all up. That I mean, doesn't seem right. It doesn't, but it's fine. It's fine. But like they have a, they have a week or a week and a, well, my daughter has a week and a half. My son has the same time, but like he takes finals next week. And so those are half days. And I mean, and then they're done. (laughs) It's weird. (laughs) That means like you're on full mom duty. Like it's coming. True. But there's also a bit of relief that comes with that because, you know, I mean, you guys know the, the morning, Mm. the morning hustle and then the afternoon hustle is a thing, you know, it takes a big chunk of time out of my day. And so there comes a lot of relief to not have to do that for a a while. You know, my son's probably going to get a job. Um, and he doesn't drive yet. So that'll be a thing. Yeah. You know, my, my daughter will, you know, do some camps this summer and that'll be a thing, but there still will be just a little more freedom in the day. So I guess I'm looking forward to it. Ask me in July. <laughs> I'm feeling yes. about it. Yeah. Is it always is, but because they're getting out earlier than they're starting earlier in August. So I don't know. It could be, you know, could be an interest. It's a, it's an interesting calendar. I always look forward to summer, though. I am. You're right. I am glad about the not having the morning routine and the afternoon pickup because the day gets really short. Especially we live out super in the short, quote unquote, country, right? So it's a it's a whole an hour, fifteen hour and a half round trip to just go take my son to school. Mm-hmm. Um, we do carpool, so a couple of days a week we can drop him in town, and but that's still a forty five minute round trip. So it's just like, yeah, I'm looking forward to not having to do that either. Right, right. So, yeah. So yes, they'll be around, but you know, they're the older they get, the you know, the more you can ignore them. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, my last day of of physical classes at school is tomorrow, Sandra. Oh, exciting! I am so excited to be just kind of wrapping all of that up. 
my figure drawing class, I had a really great week last week and drawing the figure and we got to work with color, which mm. for most of the semester, I can't remember if I shared this last week, but most of the semester we work with graphite or charcoal. And last week we got to work with pastels and the class environment just totally changed the mood, the conversation, the energy in the room, because we were using color. It was so mm. magical. And then yesterday, everybody went back to charcoal and pencil and I stayed with pastel and color. And, um, I've, I lost my groove, whatever that groove I had last week, gone, totally gone. Couldn't draw faces yesterday. I just, it was, uh, it was an interesting exercise. I was like, I was so happy for it to, to, to practice what I had done last week. And then I just like completely forgot how to do it. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. You got to practice a lot. Yeah. 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 My teacher reminded me that we've drawn for over a hundred hours this semester. Wow. And she has our day one, our best of our day one, um, drawings. She has them and she's giving them back to us this week or tomorrow. And so we'll see our day one best drawing versus our last day drawing. Oh, cool. So I'm excited to kind of see, I hope I don't revert back to my day one tomorrow and get a little gun shy. But yeah, semester's over and I am looking forward to summer for myself too. So Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what we have something fun planned for the beginning of summer. We which, do. Let's talk about that. We do. So we are going to Portland. I'm so excited. Yeah. I can hardly stand it. Portland, like soon, Oregon. In a few yeah. weeks. Mm-hmm. We'll yeah. be in Portland, Oregon. Yes, not Portland, Maine. Um and uh, so excited. We're going to Amanda Grace's raw workshop, which mm-hmm. I think is sold out at this yeah. point. She might have um, a waiting list, but yeah, totally sold out. I think. Okay. Right. Sold out. And I know we have some listeners that are coming, so that's exciting. But if you're not, no biggie. If you live in this area, we're going to, we're going to eat. We're going to do dinner. We're going to yeah. hang out. Do a little meetup. Yep. So we haven't nailed down the details of the place, but the date that we're going to do it is on Friday night, um, which is June uh, 7th 7th, in Portland, Oregon, probably downtown somewhere, somewhere accessible for everyone. So we will work out those details and let you know in our secret Facebook page. So if you are not a member of the secret Facebook page, send me or Sandra a Facebook message, ask us to add you. You'll need to add us as a friend and then we can add you to the group. And that's where we're going to be posting um, in the group there so that you'll know all the details. Right. Right. And maybe on our Instagram, we'll put something. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. 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 So anyway, we know there's no shortage of good food in Portland. We just have to, you know, I'm not super familiar at all. I'm not familiar at all, actually. I know zero things about Portland. (laughs) I know that I've never had a bad meal or a bad donut. or I've heard coffee. that. <laughs> I've heard all of those things and I am so excited. Yeah. So it'll be good. I want to go, I want to go to Lisa Congdon's storefront. I definitely want to go visit that. Uh, I saw that she's not going to be in town, but I, I still want to go see where her place of business is. I love Lisa Congdon very much. Mm-hmm. Her journey as a, a late blooming artist. Right. So she's been a big influence on me and I would love to go there. And then just to see Amanda and to hang out and have hours and hours to talk and hang out. I'm so looking forward to it. I just am so excited. This is a happy birthday to me. This is the best I birthday know. present I've given myself, I think, ever. I'm so excited. You're, hit, you're hitting a milestone birthday. 
I am. I'm turning 50 that week. If you didn't already know, I think I've said it a hundred times already, but, uh, I don't always make big deals out of my birthdays. Okay. I never do actually. I never make a big deal out of my birthday and, um, none of my friends are throwing me a party as far as I know, which is fine. It's to be expected because I don't make big deals out of my birthday. I never have. And, you know, I asked my husband like several times, you're not surprising me with anything, are you? And he's like, "Mm -mm." and he's actually, (laughs) he's a great gift giver, Mm -hmm. but he doesn't go on and on either. You know, like he always remembers birthdays. He always gives a great, well thought out gift to, uh, he's a great gift giver, but he doesn't, you know, he's not going to be the one that's going to throw me some big Mm-hmm. birthday bash either. So, so I'm not, own, right? Exactly. I'm not like, I'm not saying this to, you know, I'm not in sort of a, you know, this isn't like a, the pity party before the party at all. <laughs> it's not at all. I'm just stating the facts. Right. But I figured, you know, this one is kind of a big deal. And, mm-hmm. you know, we all know how my 40th birthday went. Like I've talked about it before. I didn't come home that night. <laughs> Um, so I will be home the night of your birthday. (laughs) So this will be so different. I just wanted to be super intentional about it. Mm. Well, that, and honestly, like I was also, I had more than one person say, Oh, you're turning 50. What are you going to do? You know, like it was like, I was feeling Mm. the pressure too. It was like, I, nothing, I don't, uh, I don't know. So anyway, this happened at right time. Yeah. It's going to be fun. We're staying with my friend, Angie, who is lovely. And I'm so excited for you to meet her and yeah, it's going to be just a love, fun, awesome fest. Yeah. Yeah. I am beside myself excited. Well, before we introduce our uh, guest, Mm -hmm. our special, special guest, uh, I would like to plug just a couple of things. So, um, Every clothing item in my marketplace is on sale. I was having, I was doing uh, enter the code and get 30% off. That's a pain in the ass, I think. And people don't, not everybody hears the code or understand. Anyway, I marked everything down because I'm working on dresses right now. And I am trying to make, you know, trying to flush some things out, make some room um, to add some summer dresses. So anyway. Everything's marked down. There's some really pretty kimonos in my marketplace right now, if I do say so myself. I bet. And they are all marked down. Most of them are at least 30% off. Um, So that was one thing. Uh, I am still offering as an ongoing offer until, I don't, uh, infinity maybe. Um, Change your story. It is an opportunity to work with me for four weeks where we work on, where I help you, guide you, coach you, and cheer you on to bring um, something that you want to bring forth into the world creatively. And I am working with a couple of women right now, and we are moving. I mean, it's really kind of fun, actually. And I love the one-on-one design because I get to see it's, it's, um, you know, it's immediate gratification for me and for them Um, because we get to see like serious movement 
on their projects. Um, yeah, yeah, it's so fun. So anyway, if you want to know more about it, go to my website, theunruffled.com. Click on the pink bar at the top and that'll take you uh, to the sales page about Change Your Story. You can read a little bit more about it. If you have questions, you can go to the contact form and ask me. Um, from there, the new uh, four-week block will start uh, June 3rd or, you know, we work out a time. We work out our own schedule together. So um, it will start that week of June, of the first week of June. But, um, you know, we'll make our own schedule. So I love it. Anyway, yeah, I'd love to work with you. Yes. And and I have one tiny thing. I forgot. I said I didn't have anything, but I have something. Um, I have uh, finished editing and getting printed. That's in the process of getting printed my new gratitude journal. So I wrote a little gratitude book um, about my daily practice. Um, and I have now made a little tiny six by nine book on blurb. Um, that is an illustrated book with my watercolors and that people can keep their own um, gratitude lists in. And I'm calling it the proof of life gratitude journal because I think I like to do a lot of proof of life exercises, you know, which is mm -hmm. accountability projects, lists, um, calendaring, journaling. And um, I think this is a great little way to kind of document your days and what you're grateful for. And when I go back and read mine, Sandra, it reminds me of like what I did that week or um, people I hung out with or, you know, it's just like kind of like a beautiful little way to capture. Um, this is a 60 day journal. So it'll capture two months of your life. You don't have to do it every day is the other thing. If that's not your jam, there's no dates in it. So you get to decide when you nice. fill it out. There's no rules. There's no, even though my sister and I, we, um, we talked recently about me, how bossy I am, um, that I'm not bossing anybody with the journal. You can do it any day you want, <laughs> any day you want. So it's $15 plus $5 shipping and handling. So it's like a flat fee on my website for 20 bucks. Um, people are already pre-ordering. They will not go out until June until I actually physically receive the final copies. Um, but I've proofed everything and it's out for printing. And if, um, I got several pre-orders from my newsletter on Sunday, which was great. Thank you. Um, the best way to find out what both Sandra and I are doing are on our newsletters on our websites. So you can sign up. Yes. Mine is tamisalas.com. It's on the homepage. I would love to have you, um, you know, I can drop a little love note in your inbox every week. Sandra's is on the unruffled.com on her homepage as well. And you can sign up for the newsletters and that's how you guys can support our work. Um, yeah, I think that's it for the, sh you know, the sales pitch. I think that's it. That's it. So I'm going to let you introduce our guest today. Yes. You know her pretty well. Kind of. Yeah. Um, so today I'm super excited to have on the show uh, my sister. And I was, I've been looking forward to this, Sandra. And uh, I had asked my sister to come on the podcast a little while ago. Um, but when this airs, she will have just hit her one month or one year sobriety milestone, May 17th. And she is a mom of three lovely young women. She lives in New York City, um, on the outskirts of New York City in Westchester County. And I, I love how she shared her path. Um, she was diagnosed with MS um, in 2011, I believe. Yeah, um, 2011. She's been living with MS, um, multiple sclerosis. And, and MS does not have a cure, Sandra. I don't know if you know that or not. There is no cure. 
Yeah, I know a little bit about it, but yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I have watched her kind of navigate things over the years. Um, and drinking, you know, for our family, it's, it's an issue in our, um, my family of origin. Um, not my parents, but my, my siblings. And we're all very open about it. And uh, what I liked about Tracy's story and the, really, the reason I wanted to have her on was that um, her path is not like my path, which reminds me that no one's path <laughs> is the same. Right. And she is so cute because she listens religiously to our podcast. She talks to me about the guests. And even when I've forgotten something that someone has said, she reminds me, um, <laughs> you know, like, you remember, and she's like talking like their friends. You remember what Emily said about, blah? I'm like, Emily, she's like, on your podcast. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> right. Yes. Emily on my podcast. So she really, um, has benefited from our, from our guests and our shows that we've done and been a huge um, support to me, you know, while we do this. And I just, I'm really proud of her. I'm really proud how she changed her life. And I love that, how open that she shares um, everything with us today. Yeah. That, I love talking to your sister. Um, <laughs> she, you can tell she is just uh, open. She's expanding. Yeah. 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 And she doesn't have any labels or, um, she's, this is what I think is so cool. When I talk to women that are in recovery, like we're finding our own way mm -hmm. and through being on Instagram of all things, right. Or listening to a podcast or finding a blog of somebody's like, you can find your way to remove alcohol from your life. Um, eventually I found it a, a way to help guide me was in the rooms, but that's not the only thing that I use are the 12 steps. I use all of these other things um, right. that my sister uses too. And that's, what's so cool about doing the podcast with you, Sandra, sharing the tools, sharing the stories of other women and men um, that have found their way to live a life that they don't have to escape from and that they don't have to use alcohol to kind of self-medicate or to smooth the rough edges anymore. Right. So I hope everybody enjoys her. Yes, you guys enjoy Tracy. Hey, Tracy. Hi, good morning. Good morning. I am the third party to the, the solace, the solace party. <laughs> it is the solace unruffled podcast special today. <laughs> What'd you say? I said, welcome all. You're not a third party. <laughs> more the merrier. Yeah, more the merrier. All the sober sisters on the podcast today. <laughs> Tracy, I am so excited to have you on. Um, Sandra you asked me a long time, time ago. I was just nervous. Yeah. Well, you, by the time this airs, um, you will have your one-year sobriety. One year and a couple of days by the time this airs. So I'm super excited and very proud of you. So we'll... We'll get to all of that. We'll get so exciting. Ugh, that is such a big, yeah, that's a big deal. I know. And Sandra, you, you may or may not know this, uh, but she is our biggest fan. Uh, I think you've mentioned that, and <laughs> I just really wanted to hear it from her. <laughs> I am. I do. You guys make me so happy. Like, I listen to you on the way to work, on the way back. I mean, when I'm missing Tammy, and I, I like hearing her voice. So, um, oh, see, I, I mean, I'm sure it's a totally different experience too when you're hearing your own sibling or some, yeah, yeah, that makes it really cool, I'm sure. Well, tell yeah, me, I, I, 
also enjoy like your guys' message. So, I mean, it's not just the two of you, it's also your. Yeah, what's our message? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, everybody's journey, so. Yeah. No, I love it. When my sister calls me, she'll be like, she'll just head right into a conversation and start talking and riffing on something that we've said in a podcast. Uh-huh. And I'll be like, I don't know what you're talking about. And she's like, um, on the podcast? I'm like, yeah, I don't listen to those after, <laughs> after we well, like. The thing them. is, is I'm driving. So I, I always tell myself I should listen to it at home so I can write notes because I am like absorbing a lot of the information. So when I revert back to Tammy, I am horrible with names. And so it's like, so when I repeat it to her, it's like kind of scattered so she also doesn't understand where I'm coming from <laughs> she was like that memory you had about our childhood I'm like we recorded these a few weeks ago I have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> and then she reminds me and I was like oh yeah that's what we said that's what we said but yeah she listens every week so I I appreciate that well Tracy tell everybody where you are talking to us from so that they know where you because I'm in Northern California Sandra's in Austin where are you I'm in Irvington New York Westchester County, about 20 miles north of New York City. And how long have you lived there? Um, I'm here now, like 20, 21 years. Oh, oh wow. I know. Makes me sad. Uh, I mean, I've been, uh, well, I came here in 95, then went back to California, and then came back a couple of years later. So, I mean, altogether, probably about like 21 years. Are you just one of those kind of people, Tracy, that just loves New York City? I do love New York City. The energy is like insane. Yeah, yeah. Go and just stand there and like walk. And I don't even have to go anywhere. I just love to be in the city. Yeah, I I have several friends that, Texan friends that were born and raised here, but ended up in New York City and they... They they just love it. They love the energy. Same thing. It's not like they couldn't do their work anywhere else because they usually because they could, but they just love it. Yeah, I don't get down there as often as I'd like, you know, mom life. But I mean, lately now that I'm going to like concerts and stuff, I try to get down there as much as possible. Well, let's um, let's jump into a little bit because I want to get to your whole what you're doing now, and we'll do that at the end of the uh, end of the interview. And um, but I wanted to share with our listeners. Um, I mean, I've been sober for four years. Our brother has been sober for I think six and a half years, uh, clean and sober. And you stopped drinking um, almost a year ago. So can you share with the listeners, you know, how you came to that decision? Or maybe if you were nudged, I don't know. Um, can you share what that looked like? Well, you and I speak frequently on my way to work. And I don't know exactly why I said this, but I had, you know, had said to you that, like, I don't need to drink. I could take it or leave it. It's not a big deal. And then you jumped on that. Like, immediately, you're like, well, if it's not a big deal, then why don't you stop drinking? For like 30 days and I was like yeah I can do that and then you were like well if that's not if that's fine and you could do 30 days and then just try 90 I was like all right, all right. <laughs> so you know and 90 days came and went like very like quick 
And it was easy for you? Was it easy for you? It was easy. And like um, I said, um, I had Maddie's, my dear friend, and um, she was getting married and she had her bridal shower in, I want to say it was in July. So I had been, I hadn't been drinking and everything was easy peasy. The bridal shower was um, at this restaurant, like in the next town over, open bar. And I was like, and that's where I was like, you know, open bars, like game on, like, let's, let's do this. That's just my, my, you know, green light. So I battled between like, am I gonna drive there? Cause I don't, I won't think and drive or my husband or partner, whatever you want to call him is um, an engineer. So we, I have three train passes. So I was like, Oh, I could take the train and just walk up to the restaurant. So I, had this internal like conversation with myself like what do you want to do what do you want to do so finally I was like I'm gonna drive I'm not I'm not gonna do this so I went to the bridal shower and it was fine I mean I didn't have an issue and I drove home and that was great and actually was even better that I didn't drink because Jade that afternoon like uh, 103 temperature Mm. Jade's your daughter yeah, my eight-year-old daughter. So I was at the after party. And so I was like able to just pick myself up, grab my keys and get my daughter to the emergency room. Mm. So, so yeah, so that was like one kind, that was like a challenge. Mm-hmm. But then I, you know, again, that's where I was kind of nervous that I was, am I going to do this or can I do this? So after I was able to do that, I, w- I felt stronger. Okay, hold on. Decision. I want to back it up a little bit. Okay, so for those listening, and just because you and I have talked about this off the air, but I want to share it um, and have you share it. Um, when you were drinking, so, so you're saying it was easy peasy, and that might sound hard for somebody who's struggling with alcohol. Um, yeah. The way you drank, can you, would you, how would you, how would you talk about the way that you drank in the past? You want me to tell you what I said last night? Whatever. I don't remember. Tell me. <laughs> well, when I said like open bars, like balls to the wall, like, I mean, so if I was going to drink, I was going to drink as much. And I mean, and just party until like the bar closed, there was no more wine. And that's that. So, so you I mean, would so, say that once you started, you didn't really have an off switch. No, I didn't. It was like, I yeah. mean, and again, like if everything was in place, like again, New York is, was kind of, um, kind of like it was like allowed me to drink more because bars were open till four o'clock. I had a right. I had a I had a cab. So I mean, so in my mind, if I wasn't driving and everything was like like kids are taken care of, I have my keys, you know, and I'm, I'm so I'm, I'm not hurting anybody, then I'm good, you know. So so that's where my, like, my, like, about this bridal show was kind of, like, a little, like, I was kind of getting, like, a little itchy. I was like, hey, I could do this. Let's go have a good time. And it's all about having a good time, right? Wow. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. I like a good party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, so I, so when, when I got that call that Jade was, you know, 
and I needed to leave, I mean, I felt like, like Wonder Woman. I was like, you know what, I, I got this. I mean, and there was a couple things prior to that, um, you know, that party that had come up in my life that I was able to like get up and grab my keys and go at like 10 o'clock at night where that was my cutoff. Like my kids, I would say, hey guys, whatever you're doing, you need to be home by 10 or I'm picking you up at 10 because at 10 o'clock is, you know, when I'm going to pop that bottle of wine and then that's it, you know? Yeah, because you drank late, like you would drink late at night. Um, yeah. I remember. And I remember because I would too, <laughs> you know? So yeah. um, uh, one thing that we didn't say at the top of the show is that you're a mom to three girls. You have yeah. three daughters and um, a varying age is what, eight, 14? Yeah, 14 I mean, the, and 17. And 17. And so the ability to be on as a mom, like you're saying, for emergencies, for late night pickups and things, like you were, you were having to structure your life where the kids had to be home by a certain time because you knew, right, that yeah. it was on. After 10 o'clock, you were going to relax, quote unquote, relax. Yeah. And how is that um, when, so when you went to the, when you went to the bridal shower and you realized like you had this, Tracy called me, you know, and told me about this and she's like, I would have not been able to go to the emergency room with my daughter if I had kind of done what I would normally do at an open bar event. Right. And that really hits you. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. I mean, George is home, but still, I mean, when something that serious happens, you need both parents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember the first time one of my kids got really sick and when I was sober, yeah, it, it really, um, it, you know, it, it just puts a laser beam focus on your sobriety at that point. It makes you very grateful. Yeah, absolutely. So Especially when they're older, there's more, I mean, you think when they're younger, you have to be more hands-on and when they're older, opposite you really need to be fully alert yeah i'm having a hard time hearing you tracy if you could with your microphone again you're just slipping away a little um all right so 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 when you say it was easy peasy right like i just want to make sure that like you you um it wasn't so easy peasy when you were drinking, like once you started? No, it wasn't. I mean, again, I mean, if, if we had a Magnum, then it was getting finished. So, I mean, and I mean, this goes back. I mean, George had like kind of rationed me at one point. And George is your long-term boyfriend, right? You guys have been together yeah. 20 years. Yeah. Okay. 20 years this year. I mean, this month. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, I mean, before, I mean, we've had like arguments and it just doesn't end well when we just kind of, or he, or I drink to excess. So, I mean, he did ration me at one point and was like, listen, I'm, and he would only buy a bottle and okay. he would buy a bottle and then we'd split it, which in the beginning I was like, so angry and it was like, are you kidding me? You can't tell me what to do. Right. You know? Oh, I, I've never been more indignant in my life over anyone trying to tell me, yeah, ration me or tell me 
cut me off or tell me how much I could drink. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. It's like you hey, want to drink more. I'll oh, yeah. show you. So that, yeah. No, that took a while for me to get like used to. But then, I mean, so then, I mean, we'd have a bottle of wine every night. And then I would wait until he was ready. And then I'd get passive aggressive. Like, you know, I want to go to bed, but like, let's, let's, let's do this. So, I mean, so that's not healthy. No, you were I mean, waiting. You were waiting until yeah. it opened, right? Like you were waiting for permission. Mm-hmm. And then also you were serving. Is that correct? That you would serve the glasses? Yeah. So I would serve. So I would make sure that it was like in the beginning, it was like even, even. But then after like the second glass, it was like, okay, here's yours. And hmm, just a little bit more for me. And then even like I noticed like how I would hand him his glass. Like I would hand his first and I would kind of hand hold mine back a little bit. Mm-hmm. So he wouldn't notice that I had more. So, so you started I mean, playing these games that we play. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. So, I mean, that's not healthy either. So, and then again, with my MS, I mean, you have fatigue and you have all these aches and, you know, all this funky stuff. So when I would wake up in the morning, I would say, you know, I need to, I need to go to bed earlier or I'm exhausted because of this MS. Well, let's talk about Let's talk about that. So, so that the listeners understand, because I think this is a big part of your story. Um, Mm -hmm. You were diagnosed with MS in 2011, Tracy, is that right? Yeah. And before you were diagnosed, I just wanted to, um, I noticed that you're drinking like was a little bit on the uptick along with mine. I was drinking the same. You and I were kind of very similar, I think, with how we drank um, with yeah. the, no, the no off switch. Um, I just had access to a lot more because I had a wine bar, you know, and I lived in wine country. I, I think I had um, a little bit more access. But you, um, when you got diagnosed, were you in a little bit of denial about having MS? Um. When I got diagnosed, no, I wasn't in denial. I mean, I was glad that there was an answer to why I was like having all these like episodes. What were so, the episodes? I mean, what were the episodes? Um, well, there's a long list. I mean, before I was formally diagnosed, I mean, I had really bad vertigo. Mm-hmm. Um, my my vision was like. Um, a little altered because of the vertigo. Mm-hmm. I had hearing loss in my in my left ear. So I mean, and nobody knew that it was like MS. Um, so you know, you just ignore it and just kind of muddle through. Then I had Bell's palsy, which the side of my face was like, you know, paralyzed. Mm-hmm. So when we like addressed that, they gave me a lot of like. Um, like really strong antivirals. So with that medication, you know, the paralysis went away, the hearing returned and the vertigo went away as well. So we're like, oh, cool. So, I mean, I also had numbness in my right leg, which my doctor had said that I was B12 deficient. So I was taking like tons of vitamin B12 and that went on for like a couple of years. And then when I was finally 
diagnosed was when, um, it's kind of hard to explain this because it sounds like, so my whole skull was numb. However, and this is why MS is called like the invisible disease, because you can't see it. Like I'm talking to you, my, you know, I have movement of my face, but my whole face is like numb. My teeth were numb. My gums were numb. Mm. So my doctor, his wife is a neurologist. So he said, you, you need to go see my wife. So, you know, she examined me and immediately the same day, she's like, go get an MRI. So that's when I had an MRI done and was diagnosed right. later. Yeah. Sorry. And I didn't, denial is the wrong word, Tracy. I just meant that was the wrong word that you didn't know no, what was no, going no. on going on for so long, right? You didn't know what was happening to you. But you're right with the denial. After I was diagnosed, I was, you know, I, I didn't read anything. I didn't do anything about it. I just kind of was just like, and I didn't take care of it that well. Right. You know, because I mean, when they diagnosed me, they gave me um, this medication and I had to inject myself three times a week. So three times a week was like pity party and then he wants to inject himself. So sometimes I wouldn't do it. And I'd kind of be flaky about my medication because if I feel fine and I don't need the medication, but then that's when I would relapse. And because I wasn't on top of my medication. So what is a relapse? Can you explain to our listeners? Because we use that term, you know, about drinking as well. What is a relapse for you with your MS? So relapse is just another, like what they call an episode. So, and again, it manifests itself differently every time. So like I said, I had the bell palsy, I had the vertigo, I have numbness. So, I mean, just another episode happening and Mm -hmm. you never know when it's going to happen. I mean, so like one day my vertigo came back. It was so bad. I couldn't even walk. And George had a like, I mean, when I got out of bed, I got out of bed and I fell. Mm. Mm. So he like snapped into, you know, like called out, took me to my doctor and, you know, and it, again, it was just something simple, like, um, like I needed to take like motion medicine. So and oh, it, but it's like, I don't know what it's called, mm-hmm. but you know, like when you take, like, if you're going on a boat, yeah. Right, right. Motion sickness, yeah. Yeah, so so I had to take that, which that helped, and I pretty much walked around with that in my bed for, like, the longest time. That, and, I mean, just different, like, it just manifests, it's different, like, or I had um, at one point, again, because, and I do say it's, you know, partially because I didn't, wasn't so on top of taking my medication, because, like you said, it's kind of in denial. If I feel good, why do I need to take it? Were you self-medicating with alcohol? Like, do you feel like you were self-medicating, like checking out at night, like not, not wanting to deal or to accept? Um, maybe. I mean, I don't know. That's why I'm asking. Like, I don't know. No, I mean, but, but I mean, for a while, I mean, that was just kind of a thing that after, you know, after the kids went to bed, George and I just would put a bottle and watch a movie so it's kind of like that but not really self-medicating I mean more so self-pity yeah I mean not, not taking care of 
taking care of it. So, um, you know, but I'm on a different medication, which works for me personally, because, um, again, I don't have to have that, like, that self-pity. So I get infusions once a month. So it's great. So I just go one, one month, um, one day out of the month. And then I don't have to think about it until next month. And knock on wood, I haven't had a relapse in four years. How has how has um, removing alcohol? How do you think that's changed? Um, how has that changed well, like with, it, with your diagnosis? Well, like I said, I mean, before I was like blaming it all on like MS, and then when I'm waking up and I'm not feeling so fatigued and you know have a headache. I mean, um, because I associate hangovers with being like violently sick. My glasses right. go up. So, I mean, I clearly don't have a hangover, but now removing that, yeah, I wake up and I'm alert, I'm rested. Well, and I would also think you would be able to parse out your symptoms now, you know, whereas before you probably couldn't tell, is this a hangover or is this the MS? A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I am still like, I still get fatigued, but not to the extent that I was I mean so on my days off Sandra like on my days off because I'm like quote-unquote you know fatigued because of MS I sleep until like two o'clock you know I get the kids off to school and I come back and I sleep until it's time for me to go get them and then I would say oh that's MS but now it's, it's not right I mean it's clearly because of the alcohol and I mean even right. though I say I try to downplay it. Oh, I only had two glasses of wine. Or, but still, that's a lot. It's yeah. Crazy. And near the end, if I'm, if you don't mind me interjecting, like you guys were buying magnums of wine, which is two bottles of wine, right? Is a magnum? No, not towards the end. I mean, because like I said, he had to like control me. <laughs> okay, control, okay. But back in the day, back in the day. Back in the day. No, but I mean, but, but again, I mean, I would, but I would watch what was drank. And then I, I mean, like I said, I mean, I've told you, um, I would pour. And when I would finish my two glasses, I'm like, I'm like watching him, George. And then when I wake up in the morning, he didn't have his last glass of wine. And I'm like, pissed. I'm like, I went to bed and I could have drank that. Right. So you were counting and you were, yeah, yeah you so, were being I mean, sneaky and all those kind of behaviors that's associated with, with, so, but I, yeah. So after removing it, I started evaluating like my, my behavior and I was really like, yeah, there is a borderline. I mean, there is a problem. And, and the thing is, is yeah, I don't think that I had a problem because I felt like it was so controlled. Like, but if it wasn't controlled, I, I really feel like it would be worse. Well, when we have to start counting and control, quote unquote, controlling ourselves, like there might be a problem, right? And so that's what I know we have a lot of different people on the show. And I know that, you know, I do my recovery my way, but why I really, I thought it was important to have um, you on Tracy was that um, it doesn't look the same for everybody, right? And we're related. And when I started getting into my recovery, you and I would have these phone calls and 
I've shared on the show before that I got to practice a lot of things with you, um, to have a healthier relationship with you, um, so that I could practice it on the rest of our family. Right. And in, yeah. in all my other relationships, I got to practice a lot of things with you, which I'm so grateful for. And when, when we would have these phone conversations and they would kind of go in one direction, I mean, you and I just kind of, we like, we were like each other's therapists, you know, we could just help each other and see, um, and look at things differently. And when you were, when you stopped, um, drinking, like things were coming to you, you know, and you were having these epiphanies as we do when we kind of remove alcohol from our life. And it was just so beautiful to witness and to see you come to your own realizations. And it didn't look like my recovery. Um, you don't call yourself any label. Is that correct? No, I don't. I mean, is there a reason? Like, I don't really know because I really don't know what to call myself. I mean, I do. I mean, I am honest with myself. And like I just said that I do feel like if it wasn't so controlled and left to my own like vices, it could be worse. So, I mean, I mean, it does run in our family. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I, I clearly, you know, could be an alcoholic. I mean, and maybe, I mean, I was called it years ago mm -hmm. and that like, like floored me. But I mean, cause I was like, and then the person that said that I was alcoholic said, you have it in your system to be an alcoholic. Right. Genetically, you're set up. And it said, it doesn't matter if you drink one glass or 20 glasses, you, you act, you, you behave like an alcoholic. So I was like, no, I'm not. And that, that but it, so, That's super fun when people call you that, though, right? It's really awesome. <laughs> it's really helpful. <laughs> but, I mean, but it, but it's been in my head. I mean, I can remember when it was said to me vividly, and yeah. it and it floored me. And I mean, but now I think about it, and it's like, yeah. I mean, I, I have a problem. I have a. I mean, yes, I've been able to control it, ish, but I have a problem. And, and so but that, what I think is really beautiful about your journey, though, Tracy, is like, um, I think I've turned you on to certain people to follow on Instagram, and you've been super open and curious uh -huh. and, um, and finding your own way, because you know how I do it, and that is not how you do it, which, is the yeah. which I think is just the beautiful part of recovery, that we all get to do it the way we want to do it, and that it feels right, and you don't have to call yourself anything in order to reclaim your life. And that's what I've liked seeing with you is that you, um, you've kind of gone back to thinking and through all of our conversations, like who, what did you love when you were a little kid? And like, what, what excited you? What did you, what filled you up? Like you've been able to go back, um, and check that out because you've been, um, sober for your health too. You know, this isn't just about a family addiction. This is also because you have, a diagnosis of MS and that it's better for your brain not to be ingesting poison. Like that's just the yeah, basic. Yeah. Hey, Unruffled listeners, just popping in mid show to remind you about our Patreon fundraising campaign. To date, we have produced almost two years worth of content and have over half a million downloads. We can hardly believe it. If you like what you've been hearing and appreciate our weekly consistency, you can be a patron of this show for as little as a dollar an episode. 
to donate, please go to patreon.com backslash the unruffled podcast. Thank you for your continued support of the show. Now back to it. So you don't identify as anything. You don't go to any meetings. Is that correct? No, I don't. Yeah. What are you, what, what, what are you drawn to about the recovery community though? Cause I know, cause you listen to us, you're our biggest fan. So what, what are you, what, do you, what else do you do? Well, I mean, what draws me to it? I mean, I kind of have also been intrigued with it like my whole life. I mean, when I was in high school, I remember I used to go to shows and I was into the straight edge scene. What is straight edge? Straight edge is you don't drink, you don't smoke, you don't do drugs. You don't have sex. (laughs) Yeah, you don't have sex. (laughs) You don't, you don't eat meat. I mean, so I, I was intrigued with that. I mean, but again, you know, I was, you know, discouraged from following that. I mean, because of, I guess, fear, right, Tammy? Yeah. Our dad was really afraid of the straight edge punk rockers that would come to our house. He thought mm. they were like bad news, Sandra. He thought that oh, rest okay. different. He thought that, yeah, Tracy, you tell. I can't, I'm talking too much. Yeah, no, he just, yeah, no, he thought that they were, I mean, because they had the shaved head, he thought they were skinheads and he thought that they were racist and that they um, were all drug addicts. Because why would you wear combat boots and bomber jackets and not be on drugs? Even though, right, they were straight edge. They were very anti-drug, but yeah, yeah. no, I get it. So yeah. It, so, but when you're a teenager and you're trying to explain this to your, your parent that doesn't, is, you know, doesn't know, all he sees is like the package. He just looking, sees the package. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. plus these boys coming to try and hang out with their daughter, which my dad was very protective of Tammy and I in yeah. regards to like boys, you know, being at the house you know, we were on kind of a short leash. Yes. So, so, I mean, so I, I obviously was like fascinated with that scene years ago. So, and it wasn't until, and it wasn't, um, Tammy turned me on to podcasts. This was, um, it wasn't like a, um, it was a podcast on yoga. So it was yoga salt. And this, um, guy was interviewing the lead singer from youth of today. And I like on my way to work, I was like crying, listening to it. And I thought, you know what? I was on the right path when I was 17 and I got derailed. I mean, Hmm. so, I mean, and so after listening to this, this, this gentleman speak and all the things that he was into, I thought, you know what? I wasn't making bad decisions then. And you know what? I'm going to stop being ashamed of listening to punk rock and listening to straight edge. And I'm going to come back to this. So, I mean, that was prior to Tammy challenging me. So I think mentally I was like kind of ready to return to myself Mm. when she challenged Mm -hmm. me. So it was like, and then everything kind of like, you know, fell into place. Right. Which says a lot, speaks a lot to how it really works because, you know, none of us do it until we're ready. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, that's what I was like. Tracy, growing up, I, I'm just going to brag about my sister since, you know, it's the solace sister edition of the show. Um, I always wanted to be like Tracy, Sandra. She was the coolest. So I'm the older sister. I'm the, a little bit of a dork. I'm the rule follower. I'm the going to tattle on everybody. I mean, Tracy could tell so many stories. She could totally embarrass me here. Um, Tracy was so confident, self-assured, um, liked what she liked and F you if you didn't. <laughs> and she would sneak out. She would go to shows. She had these friends that were so interesting. And uh, I just, I wanted to be her, you know? And when, when uh, my dad kind of, you know, would be really strict with her, it was really hard to watch because you could tell like she was shutting down a little bit at a time. You know what I mean? He was like, mm-hmm. he was like dulling her shine. Right. And, um, that's really hard to watch and to live and to, to live with. And then when she talked about returning to herself and as she w- her and I were having these conversations, um, once I got sober and she was seeing like the things that I was getting into or that I liked and she, it would, I think, and uh, Tracy, please interject. I mean, it would remind her, we'd have these conversations like, well, I used to dig this. Why did I go away from that? Like, why did I stop listening to myself? Mm -hmm. And I was like, why do we do that? And stopping drinking gave me this access to all of these things that I loved and I was doing. And I, um, I bought Tracy a subscription to Yoga Glow, um, for her birthday a couple years ago. And, um, Stephanie Snyder, who is in recovery and owns Love Story Yoga in San Francisco. I had met her one night and she's married to the lead singer of, help me, Tracy. Rancid. Rancid. And I didn't know who Rancid was, but Tracy knew who Rancid was. Sure. Tracy's like, shut up. <laughs> right? I'm going to see them next month. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. And can you talk about your yoga glow kind of, because you, cause you're a hardworking mom. And uh, getting to a studio was a challenge. And so when I had met Stephanie Snyder, she had asked me, do you do yoga at home? And I was like, no, I don't. I don't have fast internet. And uh, she kind of laughed like, where the hell do you live? Um, <laughs> but I, I sent it to my sister because I thought, oh, she was in New York. She's got three girls. She's busy working. Maybe she could do it at home. Can you share like what that journey has been like, Tracy, and what you, what you like about Stephanie's teaching? Oh, I love her teaching. Um, I just like, I mean, in my head, when I would go to the studios, you feel like you have to be like the best and know every pose and do it like beautifully. And then when I started like doing it at home and doing yoga glow, like Stephanie is so chill and the way she talks, it just already puts you in a like a relaxed state. And then I mean, she gives you different options. Like she's like, okay, do this, or you can do it like this, or you could go into child's pose. And I'm like, oh, okay. And she's like, there's no rules. And I'm like, and I kind of like that. It wasn't like, I mean, even at home, like they're not watching you, but still you try to like do exactly what they're doing on the television. So I kind of like that. And it was like, you know, just do what you can do. And then it will come to you if you keep on doing it then you'll be able to perfect this. But if not, like, just take your time. You don't want to hurt yourself. And again, like the whole yoga philosophy isn't, you know, making, doing this beautiful pose. I mean, the philosophy is so much more. So, I mean, I do enjoy it, 
and I do like tapping into myself because I mean I'm only challenging myself and I'm not like competing with you know this perfect you know model s person next to me at the studio yeah and, and you do it with your daughter too right Jade <laughs> yeah sometimes <laughs> but yeah Jade was doing it with me for a while yeah that's sweet um and then talk about um or share when you went to the Bhakti Center and what that is. And oh. can you share a little bit about that experience when you went to the, the Bhakti Center in New York? Yeah. I mean, so again, when I was listening to the, the, the podcast um, with that gentleman from today, he was talking about, I mean, they're into the Krishna and he, I Googled him and he sometimes practiced at the, um, at the Bhakti Center or teaches at the Bhakti Center. So I looked into it and I thought, you know, um, I'm going to go check it out. And so I went down there to um, see this gentleman speak about the Bhagavad Gita. And when I went in, I was super nervous and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to stand out. I already know that I don't belong here. And I walked in. And this woman with the biggest smile was like, welcome. Have you been here before? And I was like, uh, no. And I'm like, well, what brings you? So I was like, I'm here for the, the talk. And she's like, okay, go to the third floor, take your shoes off and go in. I'm so happy that you're here. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I, I was like, again, like instantly like welcomed. And it didn't feel weird. It didn't feel like, you know, why are you here? It's like, okay. So I went and I sat down and and then I listened and, the, and this gentleman sat next to me and it, again they're like going like through um, the, each like chapter and he would tap me every once in a while because obviously he knew that I kind of didn't belong and so there's like pictures all along the wall and he would like kind of point like that's what he's talking about right now and so I was like oh okay. So, I mean, so he was kind of also guiding me through the talk and then, you know, so, and as I was leaving, everybody like welcomed me. I mean, there's like a hundred people there. It's not just me. Mm -hmm. So welcome me. And then like, as I'm like, you know, gathering my stuff to like leave, they're like, no, no, don't leave, go downstairs, go get, you know, dinner. Cause they always usually have like a dinner and it's everything. There's not everything I shouldn't say for certain occasions, like things are free. So it's like, so go and you know enjoy and they want you to and I was like oh that's okay I'm fine I'll, you know well no I'll, if you have to leave just take a plate with you and I was like okay so I mean just the welcoming feeling there and then later on I took a meditation class there and again same thing walk in everybody's happy everybody's welcoming and you know and helpful so I mean I just really enjoy that that feeling and I was always told that I mean not told but I gotta like stay away from the Krishnas I mean do you remember that Tammy oh yeah our dad yeah he yeah hardcore like yeah so like I mean and so when I would travel I mean and they would come up to me I was like I mean I remember going to see you and in the Denver um airport they came up to me and I was like what do they want like I was like like friends of them Mm. They gave me some like vegan cookbook and I was like, or 
and I was like, okay. I was like, uh, no, I don't want it. No, 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 take it. Yeah, so they were like, no, no, this is for you. This is for you. And I was like, but I was always told, like, they're weird. Stay away from them. Avoid them. And it's like, but when I went there, I was like, why am I avoiding this? Everybody here is, like, happy. I want what they have. I mean, and it's not as easy for me to get down to the Lower East Side. Um, I shouldn't say that. It's not easy. I, but sometimes, I mean, I have to, in my head, like, organize it and, you know. Yeah. And also sometimes the events that happen there just don't work with, with my scheduling. But well, yeah. I was going to say, just so our listeners, I just looked it up a little bit, the Bhakti Center. So it's B-H-A-K-T-I. Um, it's a spiritual cultural center on New York's Lower East Side with a talented staff devoted to sharing the experience of self-transformation through the timeless culture and practices of Bhakti Yoga. It's a center of authentic learning and a great place to meet new people, uh, make lasting relationships, and find inspiration and support on the spiritual path. So yoga, meditation, wisdom, and culture is kind of the four things that they focus on. And I remember you were so nervous before you went because you were going to go by yourself, but Tracy just had this calling, Sandra. She kept saying, I want to go. I need to go. I keep seeing this. I feel like I want to go, but I'm nervous to go by myself. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Those places usually are, we have, um, you know, not something exactly like that, but a smaller place that's, that's similar. Um, uh, so they're, yes, yeah, so welcoming and there's always like really yummy vegan food and good tea yeah. and yeah. Yeah. Well, the, also the other thing that made me nervous and I mean, the Lower East Side back in the day was not a, um, a safe place. I mean, right. Not, it's changed a lot. So, yeah. So it's changed a lot. So, I mean, and when you go, like, when you talk about like the avenues, the, the avenue, the alphabet avenues, it, it was a little like dodgy. So, I mean, that's also why I was like nervous. I was like, Oh my gosh. Like, and then as I'm like walking there, I was like, Oh my gosh, they transformed the lower East side to like Disneyland. Yeah. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> I mean, because I used to like be like super guarded, and like, and when I would go there, I would definitely like take a cab like right to where I was going. Like, if I, there was like like a show that I wanted to go to, I would take a cab and get dropped off right in front of the, the venue because I didn't feel comfortable walking around. But um, yeah, the other when I went, I was like, oh, okay, I can actually come down here with my kids and not worry about getting like mugged. But yeah. <laughs> So that's kind of also a little bit why, I mean, yes, it was a, you know, a new environment for me, but also I was like, hmm, I don't know so much about, and I was going at night. So, I mean, in the daytime, you know, you have your wits about you, but at night you, you kind of, you know, need to know your bearings. Yeah. Well, so in Stephanie Snyder, she teaches a lot of this spiritual text. Is that correct? Yes, she does. Yeah. And so I just love how you found your way, Tracy, back to yourself and back to the things that you already, like you said, you had these, these propensities and these people that you wanted to hang out with. And, and, and yet we get away from ourselves, you know, life starts happening. We start making different choices. We think we don't have a choice sometimes, right? Well, yeah. I mean, sometimes it was just trying to conform, which, you know, that that's not how I was when I was younger. Mm -hmm. And so then, it was like, okay, and like, 
wrote in the bio, like moms don't listen to punk rock. Moms don't do this. Moms don't dress that way. You know, so I kind of was like, okay, so now I need to dress more like a mom. I need to be more like a mom and I can't listen to, well, not that I can't, but I mean, I shouldn't be listening to punk rock. Right. So, I mean, so I started making like all these, you know, and then I wasn't happy. So <laughs> by, you know, returning to myself and just doing what I always, my authentic self does, I mean, I am happy. I mean, and I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm not hurting anybody and I'm not hurting myself. So like, so sometimes I battle, like, why did you do this? Why did you wait so long just to just be? Yeah. Well, you, you've also been doing a practice. You, you've um, done a gratitude practice. How long have you done one for, Tracy? It's been a while. It's been a couple of years. I mean, so, yeah. I, so you, I mean, I, it's been off and on. I'm not as um, daily as you are. I mean, mm-hmm. I'll go a couple of days and then I'll pick it up again. Mm-hmm. But I want to say it was probably, well, you've been sober for what, four years? Mm-hmm. So I think it's probably, probably close to four years, three years at least. Wow. I, rem- I mean, again, my, my memory, I remember sitting on my couch talking to you. I want to say it was like in a November-ish time, which I'm not always so happy in the fall, winter. Mm-hmm. so gray and gross here. So I was in a you know, kind of a dark place and you were doing, cause you were still doing your gratitude, 30, 30 gratitude a day. Mm-hmm. Remember is that mm-hmm. how many it was? Yeah. So you had said, this is what I do. Maybe you should try this. And I was like, and this is how like in a dark area I was, I was like, I can't do 30. And he said, well, why don't you try three? And I was like, well, after that, I can't do three. And for a while, I was doing it, and it was just Madison Claudia Jade. Madison Claudia Jade. I'm gonna cry for a long time. Yeah, your daughter's how, names. Yeah. That's how unhappy I was. Yeah. And then, and then I started doing it. I mean, you've challenged me a lot, Tammy. <laughs> I like to give assignments. I, started, I don't know if you noticed that, Sandra. I like to assign things to people. <laughs> yeah. Was, yeah, but I guess because I don't receive these instructions very well, that I don't this i don't know exactly the side of you she was always the teacher uh-huh she was always the manager it sounds like you you guys both influence each other and you know i i i love that i love your relationship so with the gratitude it starts so then i so then i started actually again i with my driving and uh, because i had i used to have to travel like like 35 40 minutes to work so I'd listen to a podcast and, and, um, then I started like looking around thinking like, oh, well, so as I started elaborating further than the three girls, you know, as I was driving, I was like, oh, this is beautiful. Oh, I like this. And so then that's when I started like, like gathering my, what I was grateful for. Yeah. And then I started writing more in pencil. And then Tammy said, I like that you're writing more. Now I'm going to, um, challenge you to using pen because pencil shows that you're insecure did I say that <laughs> wow <laughs> I don't remember saying so that but I'm like, sure I did if she says it because she has a great like, memory 
I said, well, yeah, I use a pencil because I make, and I do, I make a lot of mistakes. And even like, I, I think faster than I'm writing or I write faster than I'm thinking. So when I do that, then clearly I'm not writing correct. So, so then I changed the pen, which then I got a start. And then I had to put it on my Instagram because I wanted to show her that I was doing it. <laughs> well, you were worried about making a mistake a lot. And I kept saying, well, don't, the pencil gives you the option to erase yeah. and that's fine, but yeah. the pen makes you commit. And then if you make a mistake, it's okay. You learn to start accepting that you're not perfect. And that's been the practice for me is why I use pen. Um, because it, you do, yeah, we're going to make mistakes. It's a metaphor. So then I started posting it for Tammy, not really for my Instagram followers, not that I have a ton, but I mean, I wasn't, so I was doing it just so the accountability that Tammy saw that I was doing it. And then I started to get some feedback from some of my followers, which I was like, oh, wow. And because you have a nice MS that I was doing it. You have a nice MS community that you're involved with on Instagram, right? Yes. People that you follow and that, and they were seeing what you were doing as part of your um, recovery, um, from MS obviously, and from, and from, um, drinking. Yeah. So, I mean, so then that's when it evolved and now I, I paint it, <laughs> mm-hmm. which I absolutely love doing. And Claudia says that my daughter, my middle one, the controller of all tells me that, um, it's all scattered. And I said, well, it's not really for anybody actually it's for me, but yes, I yeah. do still post it. So, I mean, so if you can read it, then great. If you can't, then I'm sorry. But I mean, but this is what I think is fun and and beautiful. So I love it. I love it. I love just how open you have been, Tracy. You know what I mean? Like, like we, we've hashed things out over the phone. I mean, we talk all the time and your evolution um, over the last several years, it's just, it's fun. I get to practice everything with her, Sandra. So it's like, and I get to be really direct and straight with Tracy in a way that I, uh, we are really honest with each other. And like, if she's doing something, I'll be like, Tracy, I can't handle this right now. I can't. The CEO day you called and said something. I'm like, I don't got time for this. <laughs> My head's in another place. I need to talk to you and transmit some information about mom. I don't have, and she's like, all right, sorry, what? And then she can do the same to me and be like, I need you right now. Like I got to, I got to download all this. And I'm like, all right, bring it. And, um, that's because we respect each other. I mean, I mm-hmm. think that, I mean, growing up, of course, everybody has like sibling like issues, but I mean, I've always, you know, respected you and respected what, you know, you ask of me or you're doing. So I think that that's where like, we kind of can grow from each other because there's that, that love. Mm, Yeah, that definitely shows. But uh, yeah, I was going to make that comment too about you're just being, you know, your openness and willing to try things. Um, I, you know, not, I want to say that it's uh, attributed to, to a midlife, but not everyone, not everyone is. I mean, there's a lot of people that, that still want to hang on to like those old stories, like you had about the Hare Krishnas and, you know, and they're, and it just keeps them small and, and in fear. And, um, 
so you know it's a it's a it's a beautiful um process that not everyone gets to not everyone gets to experience yeah and i mean i'm a i've always been very open-minded so i mean and i'm almost embarrassed that i kind of had such judgment because like i said walking in there it was like immediate like like love and acceptance well you shouldn't i mean i you know because that's that's we are, you know, we are all told things that when we're kids and we're, we all, um, you know, have our own judgments and they might not be around a certain religious sect, but they might, they're definitely about other things. Um, so the fact that you, uh, challenged that notion and, um, decided to, to open yourself to that experience says a lot. I mean, you, you know, certainly shouldn't be embarrassed about, evolution but I am happy that I went because again like I mean they I mean going there has like really like opened my eyes to a lot of things and and again a way of life that I I would love to live by you know because Mm -hmm. you know again acceptance love you know nothing bad I mean it's I mean yeah so you know well it was always there yeah. It was always there for you. You just had to figure it out. And that's, that's part of life. Like that's, what's so beautiful. I think about midlife is that we get this opportunity to maybe pause, reflect, look back at where we've been and like where we want to go. And that's what's so beautiful for, um, I see a lot of women. I mean, the women are getting younger and younger that are choosing to stop drinking just for the heck of it. Right. But also that at this stage of your life that we can just make these choices and that you, you just did a real big pivot, Tracy. And, um, and I, I wanted to share you lately, you've been going to a bunch of concerts. And so I know Sandra loves to see live shows too. What has it been like going to see the music from these bands that you really loved back in the day? And they're still out there and some of them are sober too. Yeah. And Again, like there's another podcast that I listened to, the, the lead singer of this punk band called H2O, and he's always been sober. Um, but again, he's interviewing all of these like hardcore bands, and a lot of them have like not always been sober. But like last yesterday, I was listening to a podcast, and the guy has been sober for six years. So I mean, and it's it's almost like I'm like, is this now a new trend that everybody's getting sober? But I mean, but they're talking about it. Yeah, they're talking about it. But I mean, and you just kind of like, it doesn't need to be like your crutch. I mean, there's so much more about you and about like your story. And it doesn't need to be, you know, fogged by drinking or doing drugs or any of that. Yeah, checking out. What is the podcast name of this one that that you're talking about? Do you remember it? Um, the, um, oh, let me find it. Didn't you say H2O? Well, that's the, um, that's the band that he's in. Um, the podcast is called One Life, One Chance. Oh, okay. Okay. Just cool. Toby Morse. Um, so he's a lead singer. I mean, and right now, like he's going back, I mean, through all his episodes to like, you know, from where he started as a kid to where he is now. So he's interviewing like a lot of like, you know, a lot of like hardcore bands that 
you know, he's dealt with and how he's got his journey where he is at. Yeah. At this point. So, I mean, but it's interesting because a lot of them, you know, again, um, some of them were always sober. Some of them have become sober. So, I mean, and it's not about that. It's more so about the music, but it's interesting to like, you know, hear their story yeah. as to why and, you know, removing it, you know, like the gentleman was speaking yesterday, he removed it six years ago and he's like, I'm a better person. I'm a happier person. And he plays the bass and he's like, and I'm a better bass player. I mean, and my band members are, you know, happy for that. So, I mean, it just kind of amplifies your, your assets when you do remove these things. Mm. Oh yeah. Takes it up a notch for sure. I remember Tracy. um, So like I said, Tracy was the cool sister. So um, one time she's like, do you want to go to the country club? And I, this is down in Southern California in Reseda. Do you want to go see a band at the country club? And I was like, sure. Yeah. I want to go to the country club, but it was, was it a punk venue? called the country punk venue yeah so I had gone there and that's how I got out of trouble like because Kevin tried to bust me because I went to go see bad religion yeah our little brother our little brother would always try to bust her for everything yeah (laughs) it was like and I didn't really sneak I went my I went with my friend I didn't sneak out I was spent the night at my friend's house and her mother took us so it wasn't like we were going all I mean and going to Reseda where we lived was probably like what 45 minutes away Mm -hmm. down in the valley Mm mm-hmm yeah in southern california so 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 i was like you know why am i getting in trouble i'm one with a parent too and it's like so i said i went and saw a band which i kind of like kind of downplayed that it was you know a punk band but i said i went to go see a band mom and it, it was at the country club and she's yeah. like well tracy if you went to the country club why didn't you just tell me and i was like well okay <laughs> right i love it when when places like that have this sort of benign names like it cracks me up like my grandfather um was just this country farmer in alabama and he would go to this bar called the office and now he would just say i'm going to the office which was so funny because he I mean, he didn't read, uh, you know, like he, I mean, he could read, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. he was very far removed from offices, any office, yeah. <laughs> but that's great. That <laughs> joke, but. So we, we went and saw the Hoodoo Grooves there. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Tammy, I, and then Tammy and her friend drove, like we went to go see this band and then I was giving you guys directions. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> clearly I've been there more than once. <laughs> you taught me everything and I knew nothing. Yeah, you did. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you remember when you, and again, so like I was into these bands and Tammy and I, I kind of got you into Mary's Danish. Mm-hmm. And then I love we Mary's playing, Danish so much. Yeah. Um, they were playing at this bar called the Green Door. Yeah. And so Tammy oh. would go there, but Is you had to be 18. Yeah. So you had to be 18 to get in. So you were friends and kind of flirted your way to getting me in because the bouncer liked you. Hmm. Yeah, that, that was, sounds right. <laughs> I was about 15. Right. So, so we went and I, if I went in, so being that Tammy was the good child, if I went anywhere with her, it was okay. 
I had, I had a little bit of a secret life, Sandra, but I was like still the goody goody dork, didn't drink. Uh, but I liked to dress really slutty and go out to bars and listen to music and flirt, you know, find boys. And yeah. uh, yeah. remember this, that's, this place is called the green door and I'll never forget. It's when Christina Applegate made fun of my pants. Remember? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I just watched her on Dead to Me. Okay. I've forgiven her, but she made fun of me in line. I was like, oh, she's not a very nice person. <laughs> so at the at the show, do you remember? I got all tough for you. No, I don't remember. Tell me. So I mean it's kind of like general admission. And I um and I don't know who I thought I was, but obviously I thought I was a badass. So I'm short. Tammy's a little taller than me. So these tall guys up in front of us and I pushed one of them I was like hey get out of the way and I was like he's like what I was like my sister's here and you're standing right in front of her (laughs) that's our relationship in a nutshell right there Sandra (laughs) (laughs) and then Tammy's like no I'm okay I was like no you're not okay we were standing here you just stood in front of us so I mean again going to punk shows it's like kind of like have to like you know make yourself like known like here I just sure. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you get trampled he will for sure but but Mary's Danish is not punk so I I really didn't need to bring that <laughs> that <laughs> energy <laughs> you didn't need to bring that energy well that's yeah, <laughs> that sums it up because I would have the guy stand in front of me I'd be like no 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 it's totally fine it's totally fine and then I would just talk shit about him all the rest of the night because I'm passive aggressive and I wasn't dealing with things head on Tracy would just I was like can you come to the bathroom with me there's some really mean girls <laughs> she was like the big sister protector even though I was older than her she's like yeah let's go I'll take you in there <laughs> But now I've changed. Yes, you so have. I've, I've got matured. Mm-hmm. I took Claudia to a concert. To I mean, again, like I'm, Claudia Where'd wanted me to take her to. I went to this this artist. Her name is Aurora. Um, she's not mainstream. And but I took Claudia. Claudia wanted to do this, so we went to Brooklyn, which I was so so nervous. And Claudia's your know, first never, Yeah. Okay. So. And I didn't know what I was like getting into. So I also thought I was like going to be, again, Brooklyn used to kind of have a bad rap and certain areas aren't so great, but now it's turning into Disneyland too. So, <laughs> so we go to this, this, this venue and it's open. I mean, and it's general admission. So we're, she wants to be, this is her first concert. So she wants to be as close to the stage as possible. And I, and we were kind of a little bit set back and I was like, Claudia, this guy keeps on staring at like looking around actually not staring at us just looking around like like I don't know what he's doing I said what is that guy looking at I said do you want me to like kind of like smile at him and maybe we can like get up there she's like don't you dare (laughs) she's like don't you dare look at him but she keeps on looking around I'm like what is he looking at so I so at one point I was like okay I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna honor her I'm not gonna I'm not gonna look at him so then all of a sudden he's like waving his hands back and forth. And I was like, so I do look at him and he like waves me to come over. And so I was like, hi. And he's like, do you and your daughter want to stand here? Cause he was super tall. And I was like, oh yeah, sure we do. And I grabbed Claudia and I shoved her up against the stage. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, see, the, the, you just, all you have to do is smile. And she's like, mom, 
I'm going to kill you, but thank you. Right, right. It's like, uh, okay, well, thanks. <laughs> well, you're, you're the fun mom now that's taking your kids to concerts. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yes. I took, I took Madison to go see Johnny Marr. So Who, again. Who's Johnny Marr? Because I didn't know. He's the guitarist of the Smiths. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he, yeah. So him and Morsi basically wrote all the lyrics. And Johnny Marr wrote all the music. My so, sister was in love with Marcy growing up, Sandra. Like, yeah, I know. She, I know. I was really enjoying mm-hmm. Tracy's um, post from from her from the Morrissey <laughs> show. I was really, really enjoying them. I know. <laughs> me, me and Thanks Steve so were watching you. them. Yeah, me mm-hmm. and Steve were watching them too because seeing him live and she that could have been. Could I mean, my sister was on cloud nine that night. Tracy, how did that feel to see him? Well, you met him in person briefly at K-Rock back in the day in Southern California, like 20 years ago, right? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, not really met him, but, but like, I mean, yeah. the mob. So, I mean, I, but I've seen him. I've seen him a handful of times. So this is a little bit different. He's kind of gotten older and slowed down a little bit. He's not as, you know, out there in his performance <laughs> that he used to be. Mm-hmm. But no, it was He's almost amazing. 60. It, yeah. No, he's going to be 60 at the end of this month. Yeah, so of course he's going to slow down a tiny, tiny bit. <laughs> no, but he was, it was, it was really an awesome, like, experience. And the venue was so beautiful. So, I mean, I felt like I needed to share my, um, my um, experience. So <laughs> I loved it. But, Thank you. I posted so much on Instagram. I was like, all right. So, yeah, he's go. coming to Austin, but my husband won't let us get tickets because, um, He's a, he's been canceling so much stuff, you know, so many shows. Like, uh, we're not, we're going to wait. <laughs> He'll probably try no. to win them off the radio. He's a good, he's a good ticket winner. <laughs> um, so anyway, but he's playing in a huge venue here in Austin. So mm. it wouldn't really, unless you got tickets, like really expensive ones, right. You know, yeah. on the floor in front of the stage, any other seat would just be kind of meh, you know, you'd have to just watch the Jumbotron. Well, when like I got the tickets. That's what why I also got insurance because. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, so when I went back in the day, I mean, so I saw him, you know, like I said, a handful of times. So one concert I went to at UCLA, he started a riot, mm, and awesome. I mean, basically, yeah, I remember yeah. That. So I mean, and again, I, again, I was like sixteen, and at that point, I had paid like. $200 for my ticket. So I had like third row and this is back like in 91. So I was like, I was like, so he was like, all oh, you guys, you don't have to listen to security. I mean, you guys are all adults. And then at that point, everybody just rushed the stage. Nice. I was wearing, yeah. I was wearing white pants. Oh, I was like, what? And I was, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, I, I, so I'm getting trampled and I'm literally thinking like, I'm going to be one of those people that dies at these concerts. Right. And somehow somebody pulled me out, which is just like, a, again, like my kids say, Oh, you brag about everything. So not everybody will know this, but so I get pulled out off to the side and I sit down and I'm trying to like gather myself. I'm like, what the hell just happened? And I look over and Richard Blade is sitting next to me and he's like, are you okay? And I was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm Okay. <laughs> Do you remember Richard Boytelli? He was the DJ on KROQ. He still is. Yeah. So he's yeah. the DJ. And back before 
K-Rock was like popular. Do you remember he had that video show on like, it was called MV, um, MV3 music videos at three o'clock on channel nine. Uh, <laughs> totally remember it. I remember our big wooden TV in our living room and coming home after so, school and watching that. Yes. So on top of that, I was like, oh my gosh, Richard Blade. So then still being like totally young and immature and I'm thinking, I, I got to get out of here. I drive home. And when we would come home from wherever we were at, we always had to go talk to our mom and like show her like, to her face, like, hi, mom, I'm home. Mm-hmm. So I came in, I'm like, mom, and I didn't go and talk to her. I just opened the door and I said, mom, I'm home. And she's like, get over here. Yeah, we watched so the news. We were watching the news that night <laughs> so before I, you came home. So I had to go around this to her side and turn on, yeah, so she had watched the news. I didn't know that it was on the news. And she's like, turn on the light. <laughs> and so I turn on the light and I have white pants and I have like feet print all over my pants. <laughs> she's like, are you okay? I was like, yeah, I'm fine. She's like, I saw you on the news. I was like, uh, not me, but saw the, the concert. I was like, yeah, I'm fine. But then I was like, <laughs> yeah, the pants were ruined. And yeah, the, the feet marks didn't show that. So this <laughs> concert was a little more mellow than that is what you're saying. A lot more mellow. Okay. Yeah. Well, hey, so, I want to, we're getting to the point where we are going to have to wrap this up, Trey, but I wanted to say like, um, I wanted to ask you, were you drinking back in your teenage years or were you like when you were going to these concerts and stuff, was that part of it? No, I didn't drink in high school. Like I got drunk one time and threw up and I was like, this is not cool. Mm-hmm. So then the next time I went out, not the next time I went out, but then I started smoking pot in high school. Because, oh, okay. Again, I had my wits about me and I could come home and Fake it. Yeah. You could totally fake it to mom. Yeah. Okay. And mom never cared that we came home and ate. So like whenever we came home from like going out, I don't know if you remember this, like if we brought home like, you know, Del Taco or whatever, like she didn't care about like late night, night, uh, late night snacking. So if I had like (laughs) the munchies and I came home, like she didn't care. It was like, Oh yeah, yeah, no, we went out, we didn't eat dinner or whatever. So, I mean, so that's kind of the way I got away from drinking I just would smoke yeah and then I mean but I quit smoking like when I was like 19 yeah you didn't that was like like a blip yeah yeah so it wasn't like oh something horrible happened I just um it's actually really stupid I used to think that it stopped circulation in my feet Mm. so I was like and I hate having cold feet and I hate wearing socks so I was like I gotta stop smoking this because I can't sleep if I'm high and my feet are cold. So, Mild paranoia. I mean, something totally dumb. <laughs> so, I mean, so whatever it takes. Like, so, but that's kind of like why I, I have stopped. So, I mean, but no, I mean, so if I was at shows, I would, I would smoke. Well, what shows do you have on the horizon? Tell us really quickly. What, what are you going to see this that's coming up next? Um, I have a great summer. Um, I'm going to, the next show is going to be Rancid. Okay. Rancid, Suicidal Tennessee's, and Pennywise. That's the whole festival. What is it? What's the third one? Um, Pennywise. Okay. Um, so that, that's the next show. Okay. And I'm going to go see the specials, which I'm super excited. Um, I love the specials. I know. I mean, I haven't, I saw them back in the, and I thought like I was so like, panic that I would never see them so I that's when I still lived in California 
they played in like Orange County and I was like, I have to see them. I'm never gonna see it. So when I saw that they're playing now, I was like, oh, so excited. So the specials, then I'm going to see um, Black Flag. Wow. And then, I, and then I bought another ticket just recently. What the heck am I seeing? I just, oh, and I'm gonna go see Bad Religion. So I'm coming full circle. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. So, First punk show, Bad Religion, and then now I'm going to see Bad Religion in August. Well, I'm so happy, Tracy. I'm so happy that you talked to us. I'm so happy that you removed alcohol and that you have gotten back to yourself. I love, I mean, I've always loved you, of course, but to see kind of, yeah, this full circle and to see um, how you're listening to yourself now, how you're honoring yourself now, how you're taking care of yourself, what a, um, a good mom you are. Not that you weren't a good mom, but just a really present mom and really available for your kids now in a way that, you know, we're just not fully available for when we're drinking. Yeah. You know, a little part of us is missing. Yeah. Well, and not being your sister, Tracy, and just like getting to peek in on your life, it just to me looks like you're really having fun. I am. And I mean, I just, I mean, I feel like I like put so much aside and I, I mean, not regrets. I don't really have a lot of regrets, but I mean, but I do like, I'm, I'm like, why, why do you put yourself like, you know, do what makes you happy. Mm -hmm. So like in life, if you're not, you know, hurting anybody, then make yourself happy. Exactly. And you're, you, you are, you look like you're just, you're just having a good time. Oh, so as um as a longtime listener, you know what part of the show this is, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> do you like this part of the show? Does this help you? The toolbox section? Yeah, I do like it. I mean it's interesting what everybody like has in their toolbox. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. I mean, so I mean, you know, you take take what they you know, what helps them. Mm-hmm into consideration for yourself. So no, I do appreciate it. Well, for our people who are listening that don't know, or this is your first time listening, this is at the end of the show, um, we should ask our guests to share three items from their unruffled toolbox, something that helps them either in their creative life, which Tracy, you are creating a beautiful life that you don't want to escape from. And I love how you've let creativity into your life too, with music, with um, your gratitude list, with adding art, you know, and um, can you share three things from your Unruffled Toolbox with our listeners today? Okay. So first one is, um, again, music. So either going to see music or just turning off the TV and just listening to it kind of calms me and just, you know, it makes me happy. Good. Um, so, I mean, and that actually helps me get, stuff done so the tv's not on and the music's on then like the house gets organized that's what um, we used to do in our youth we used to listen to music on saturday sandra country mm -hmm. music and we'd have to clean the house mm -hmm. so that was kind of our jam yeah and it kind of i mean and it does it gets cleaned quick so mm -hmm. i mean and the music differs i mean it depends on my mood i mean and i don't want to 
sound like it makes me unhappy, but so yeah, sometimes I'll put on country music and the kids were like, what is going on? And I'm doing the dishes and I'm like crying. And like, they're like, why are you crying? I'm like, and it's not really like sad cries, but I mean, again, like the, I love like the flood of memories that come back. Mm. And again, like, I mean, and Cammy says like, my, I, with MS, I have a bad memory. Like if you ask me what, I mean, again, with our situation with not, you know, taping yesterday and taping today I forget things and again I thought I was being organized I mean but so but long-term memories come back in like technicolor so when I listen to music I have like these vivid crazy memories so I mean so it's not like fine like I'm sad it's just you know happy memories so that's one thing so the music I do like um doing yoga that calms me or even you know makes me you know tap into you know helping my body recover Mm -hmm. so I mean like I had a back problem last week and I was like and I hadn't done yoga for a while and you would think like oh if your back hurts you shouldn't be doing that but I literally did a session and it was like restorative and like not immediately my back felt better, but like later on that day, I was like walking around. I was like, Hey, wait a minute. My back doesn't hurt anymore. But then, I mean, but it does, it, it's helpful mentally and physically for me. So, I mean, I do really enjoy it and I really sometimes wish I did more of it, but, um, but yeah, when I, when I need to like check back in with myself, I, I definitely pull up a, a yoga session. So that's with yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, the notion they also with the yoga glow, they also have like guided meditation on there as well. So I mean I'd like to I don't usually do it by myself, but I do it with Jade, which is you know, a nice connection that her and I have at night. We lay in bed and we meditate together. Oh, I love that. Jade's eight and such an old soul, Sandra. She's just a little sweetie. So sweet. And she does. She got, likes to meditate. And yeah, it's lovely. lovely. So cute. All right. What's your third thing then, Trey? Um, my third thing is um, I what yeah, I you, tell told, you, you told me before the show, I should have run them down. Yes, Music, yoga. yoga. Oh, the yoga. river. The river. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. See that what I tell you, my memory, like, <laughs> and the river. I mean, right now, I'm missing it because it's so cold right now, even though it's spring. Like, what river? Um, the Hudson River. Mm. So, I mean, it, um, it calms me. It just brings me, it's back when I used to go to the beach. I love being at by the water. So basically it's the water, the sound of the water mm-hmm. and the sand that really just kind of grounds me. And, and, um, and it's close to you. You can just walk to the Hudson river, right? Yeah. It's just a couple blocks. And yeah. I mean, nobody goes there. I mean, so, I mean, it's at this beautiful park and all the kids play at the park, but the park, you know, and then there's like this little beachy area and nobody goes down there for Jade and I Mm. and when you go it's like it's just her and I and the water and it's just 
you know, it grounds me and makes me feel, you know, at peace. Yeah. And I used to love going to the beach too. I mean, I could go to the beach any day, time of the day. I could go at night, day. I mean, it doesn't really happen. But right now in New York, it's cold. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So so it's not really fun (laughs) to be down at the water. So once it starts, and I tell Matt, um, Jade, I said, once it gets warmer, we'll start going down there. And that's kind of like her nice thing. Like in the morning, I'll grab a coffee, get her a donut, and we'll just go down there. And her and I, again, it's like we have like this unspoken word when we go down there. She doesn't talk to me when I go down there. It's not like we're um, communicating or playing together. Like she goes and puts her feet in the water, and I don't know what she does, throws rocks, but she... Yeah walks back and forth and I kind of look for sea glass and again we just have a beautiful time together yeah well nature's so healing nature's so healing for so many people and getting out there oh Tracy we we got to wrap this up all right wrap it up thank you so much for taking the time and for sharing all that you shared um I know when I asked you before earlier in your sobriety, you were, you were cautious and I wanted to respect that. Um, and I appreciate that, that on this milestone that you honored yourself and you got to share with our listeners. Cause I know that you like how much they share on our show too, because I know you gather a lot from it. No, absolutely do. Yeah. Hmm. Thank you for, you know, trusting me to do this. <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't even drop one F bomb. What? <laughs> what? Wait, let's re-record. Wait, this. Let's go back yeah. and insert some. Well, because Cammy told me, like, you can't, but I. I yeah. didn't say you couldn't I mean, say an F bomb. Well, no, what, what, no, it was on that other, when you did your art. Oh, and he said, "Don't use the F word." I was like, "Okay." It was when I I had her um, on my groove class. I said, "Can you can you get on the call with me?" And I said, "Please try not to drop any F bombs." Okay, yeah, on the podcast, you know, we're game for that though. But uh, well, no, but I mean, I was intimidated to do not because of my 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 vulgar language. It was more so that your guests are so like insightful and intelligent and I was like oh, hmm. I don't have anything to say <laughs> so Tracy everyone but, has a beautiful story and, and so I appreciate true. yours absolutely and um I heard a saying and, and so Sandra you've probably heard this too in the rooms but I heard a speaker recently saying I am a sober dignified woman in recovery and that made me think about my own f-bomb usage a little bit in meetings and thinking about the room and considering it, and not that I'm not going to say the F word because I just kind of like it. Um, yeah, but it made me think about you know know your audience. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's all. That's all for me to think about. But no, I I just appreciate you so much, Tracy, and I love you. I love you too. Oh, I love talking to you, Tracy. <laughs> I'm glad to finally actually talk to you. I know, I know. Me but too. Yeah, it's like I hear you guys, and I'm like, oh, Sandra. Well, Tracy, you, we're in our secret Facebook group. You don't comment a lot, I know, um, but we are there, and people will be commenting on your episode. If you want to interact with them, you can. Um, okay. And I just think sharing all of our different ways that we get here is really, really important. So um, people can find you there, and you're on Instagram. We finally got your name right on Instagram. What is it now? Well. Tracy Ann Solace. Tracy Ann Solace, yes. 
She had it backwards I mean, for a while. She had her name backwards for a while, Sandra. And I was like, you need to fix that. That's good. <laughs> get your I, name. I was trying to be edgy. I was trying to be like, hey, do you really know me or do you not know me? <laughs> but people can find her there too, at Tracy Ann Solace. So, all right. Bye, Tracy. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Love Bye. The Unruffled Podcast was created and produced by Sandra Primo and Tammy Solace. Our show is edited and mixed by Steve Hecht. Original music composed and performed by Caitlin Schumacher. Original artwork created by Tammy with the help of graphic designers Chris Aguirre and Amy Lanier. Thanks for listening.